Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Tim. I am excited to have Darcy Lang with me today. She's an inspirational speaker, an award-winning entrepreneur. She's a member of the Canadian Professional Speakers Hall of Fame, and she is an award-winning writer, a mom, a wife. She does it all. She does it all. <laughs> I am so excited to have you here with me today. Welcome, Darcy. Thank you, Tim. Grateful to be here. Yeah. So, you know, you do a lot of things. Uh, you're, you're like the full package of everything, mom, wife, entrepreneur, different businesses. How do you do it? Uh, like, how do you have time to do everything that you do? Well, firstly, Tim, let me say this. I don't do it all. And I have this message about seeing our life through a 90% lens, right? And that 90% of our life is positive, 10% is not so positive. And in that, Tim, I have a very strong three times complain rule. So I don't complain about anything more than three times personally in my business with my family without what I call laying that sucker out, which is laying out the problem and doing it better and different. So when people say, how do you do it all? I say, I don't. And I call in a lot of supports to make sure that I am rested, nourished, ruthless self-care so that I can approach it all. Because I really think it's a, a bit of a misnomer that we do it all. We don't. Okay. And I'm calling in supports all the time to help me. I'm very grateful for that. That's awesome. So you, you mentioned the 90% message. I know you have three books out right now. One is uh, lead, lead with 90% living with 90% and then uh, another one about 90% message, right? Correct. Can you tell me a little bit about the books that you've written and also what the 90% message is all about? Oh, I'd love to. Okay, I've got them here. So I, I'll give you a little uh, book review on on all of them, Tim, well, since you asked. Yes. My first Focus book, on 90%, yeah. Right, right. My first book is Focus on the 90%. So this sets up the premise that I just explained, that we all hold this magnifying glass out in front of us, and we can choose to see our life through this positive affirming lens or through a 10% lens. And honestly, Tim, there couldn't have been a greater year <laughs> than 2020 mm -hmm. to talk about this message. So that Absolutely. I'm very blessed. Sorry, did I cut you off? No, not at Good. all. Uh, I'm blessed that this is in its seventh edition. So I'm very proud of that book. And then I was very called. I'm a very called, very spiritual person. And I was really called to, uh, to write my second book, which is Living the 90%. So in 2019, um, I did a little bit of a deeper dive on how I've truly had to live this message. Because okay. when people say, oh, must be nice to be happy, I say, oh, there's nothing nice about it. It's a lot of work. And I keep yeah. joking that it's like getting ready at 50. It's a lot of work. I'm 52, so it's even harder. <laughs> so that's a little deeper dive into some of the personal traumas and stra stress and crisis that I've been through. Then, yes, thank you for mentioning it. In 2020, since my business has changed completely, like most people, I had a year off. And I always said to my friends, oh, I'd like to take a year off and write. Okay, I take that back because I got my year off from traveling yeah. and speaking. And I wrote my third book, which is um, Lead the 90%, as you mentioned, Kind Leadership. And Tim, this book, sorry, I'm doing a big book review, but I'm so incredibly proud of this book because this, I've been a motivational speaker, Tim, for 28 years. Wow. Invited to different companies, which is where I met you and your wife. And I've been sitting at the back of the room for 28 years, observing the leader that hired me to speak. 
And I have been very informally and formally keeping notes on what I thought made the, the best leaders the best. And I call this kind leadership because I think kindness is the most important thing. Tim, and in a world right now where people need their leader to be kind and loving mm -hmm. and thoughtful. So there's that. And then I'm very blessed since I'm not traveling still and tremendously grateful for our webinars. I'm writing my fourth book right now, which is called Embrace the 90%. And it's the tagline so far is how to uh, attach, how to accept and how to let go, how to detach, accept and let go. Cause it's been a year of us needing to learn how to accept, detach and let go. So I'm very blessed with that. So yes, thank you for that great promotion on the, on the books, Tim. That, that's awesome. That's awesome. So you were saying that the 90% is, you know, your life is filled with 90% positive, positivity, 10% uh, negativity, right? Or not so good. How do you focus on the 90%? And then from a leadership perspective, how do you lead the 90%? Okay, excellent. So I always say we have to start with the person in the mirror. Nothing in our life will change if we don't make the commitment to the person in the mirror. So in the morning, Tim, <clears throat> it starts with us. If you want to be a great leader, if you want to be a great parent, a great spouse, whatever role we play, it has to start with us getting centered and grounded and happy and positive first. So in a quick, so I don't want to give you a seminar, but a quick snapshot is the 90% message is to wake up in the morning and say, what is good today and what can I control? So for me, Tim, that has been, again, a 52-year mission of mine because life is not perfect. People have very huge, enormous challenges, and especially, again, in this last year, people with deal with addiction, mental health, um, physical challenges, they have aging parents. Right now, we're not even seeing our parents you know, people deal with all kinds of challenges, raising children, etc. I get that. And I'm not glossing over that that's not real, but we need to be able to say, okay, so despite my current reality, my new normal, what my life is right now, what can I do person in the mirror to wake up in the morning and say, okay, let's, what is still good? And what in all of these 10% that are happening to me or in my life, what do I have control over? And so that's where I start with the 90% message, Tim, is the person in the mirror. And then you can pick up your leadership 90% magnifying glass, which is the ability to see your team through the 90% lens, which I call the compassionate, empathetic, understanding what connects us, what unites us, the curious, how can I be the best leader I can be for you? Not who I think I need to be. Who do you need me to be? So I can lead from that place, not seeing our team members through a judgmental, prejudice, racist, labeling, gossiping, never right. Some leaders lead from the place of always correcting. And then people, Tim, never feel like they're good enough. And that's not okay. That's true. You know, I often hear uh, when it comes to leadership, I often hear people say that you have to lead from the ground up most of the time instead of from the top down. Right. And, and it sounds like that that kind of coincides with your message that you have to understand who your employees are. You have to understand their wants, their needs, and what drives them and motivates them in order to be able to lead them correctly instead of being at the top telling them what to do type of thing. Is that similar to what your message is about? That's, that's excellent, Tim. That's a great way to lead. But I keep recapping it, but I'm going to say it again. But I think we need to first figure out who we are. We have to know who we are. We have to be grounded, 
positive, motivated. We have no street cred at our dinner table or at our dinner table, at the table of the people that we lead. If we are not what we're asking them to be, and we've all been led by somebody from the top asking us to be something that they were not, and it doesn't create a team so yes, to answer your question, it's really important that you see people through the lens of how can I support you? What can I do to be the best possible leader I can be for you? But that's not going to happen, Tim, in my experience of 28 years of meeting hundreds and hundreds of leaders. That's not going to happen unless the person in the mirror has a very deep dive self-reflection journey on who am I? And am I happy? And am I truly, utterly asking them to be what I am or a version that I'm not. That's true. So, so more in line of being an authentic leader, really. Don't, really. don't tell them to do what you can't do or what you are not, but you have to lead by example as well, right? By truly figuring out who you are and then shining a light on it to your employees so that you can help them be better and be more engaged and everything like that, right? Am I getting that right? Yeah, that's excellent. And to be absolutely authentic is a, is a buzzword now. But I think the authentic word just means show up real, show up a true, vulnerable, authentic version of yourself who's waded through their own personal problems of addiction, depression, stress, aging parents, and all of that. And then, then you can show up, I keep using the words, but a positive grounded force in a world and some organizations where people are literally spinning out, the ability to show up just grounded and to be able to take out your 90% magnifying glass, put a smile on your face when you're talking to somebody virtually or alive on your team yeah. and just see them through a lens of, of compassion and understanding. And again, what can I do as a leader to be remembered by you as someone who genuinely cared about you? Because why would we step into a leadership role if we don't like people? Right. That's true. Right. That's true. You know, um, when I was kind of reading up about what you do, part of what you do is help entrepreneurs and help leaders achieve success in different ways. Um, how do you do that? And have you ever met a leader that um, maybe you had a hard time helping them focus on the 90% because they were stuck in the 10%? How do you help them transform into focusing to the 90%? That's a great question. Well, there, of course, there's 10% people in the world, Tim, of course, not everybody likes yeah. motivational speakers and motivational messages. And you can admit you were at, a, at an event as well. But sometimes people come in the room like, ugh, what is this going to be about, right? So That's in true. terms of transforming people and culture, people have to want to change, Tim, becoming more positive and enlightened and self-aware and all the things that I'm asking people to be, they have to want to do that. Being positive, it's kind of like overcoming an addiction, which is a pretty huge parallel, mm -hmm. but you have to want to do that. You have to believe you are worth it, which is incredibly the biggest self-awareness journey for most people is the programming they grew up with that they don't believe that they are worth taking care of. And then when we don't, Tim, and how can we create culture because I encourage people when they're wanting to become a leader, I say, I, I challenge you to Google how to become a great leader. And it's going, very few articles are going to say you should be happy first. And you should. Because if you're not, Tim, the ripple effect of that is quite massive. Because now you're not happy. 
and you don't have the worth, self-worth and pride of your own role. And then that ripples to the people that you lead because we've all been led by somebody, Tim. We just want to say, why don't you go home? Like, why do you do this job? Right. And then that ripples to your that. So that ripples from our own self-esteem. If all we do is complain and see the 10%, it makes us old and tired. Then that ripples to our team. Then that affects your customer service. And when people say, well, we have morale issues and issues with service delivery, I say, no, you don't. You have a pocket of unhappy people who are not, maybe that's your leader, who is not willing to do the deep dive work of making themselves happy, coming to work and the ripple happens. You're not happy. Your team is not led by somebody who tells them that they're good enough, which is a craving with teams right now, Tim. Then your customers are not happy because we've all been served by a serving staff, waitress, waiter in a restaurant that clearly does not want to be there, right? That's true, yeah. And then it ripples home. So if you don't think, then we sit at our dinner table and we complain about our job. And then what did we teach the people that we're raising? That where you work didn't make you happy. And when people say to me, oh, it's our youth, they don't know how to work. I say, yeah, they do. But some of us are sitting at our dinner table at the end of the night, complaining a lot and teaching them that where you work didn't make you happy. It's simply a means to an end. And I sure as heck hope my young adults that I'm raising do something that is far more than a means to an end. So I think again, Tim, to answer your question, you have to feel like it's worth it. And do you understand by not being positive and taking care of yourself, self-care, such mm-hmm. you're causing a ripple that is is really impactful. Absolutely. I mean, I've 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 worked in industries and in places where you would have that one person that's just highly ne- negative. And the moment you're there with that person, you know, it's just going to suck the energy out and also affect everybody else around, right? So, so I mean, I think it's important, like you said, to always look at yourself and instead of maybe the glass half empty, it's, it's glass half full and, and try to find the positivity in the world. Um, and like you say, especially the world that we're in right now, there's so much negativity in the world whether it's the pandemic or, you know, racism in the world or women's rights in the world that are being trampled on type of thing. We have to try and find that positivity and focus on the positive. You know, I was, I was, uh, when I was kind of thinking about our conversation today, I I got thinking about, uh, you know, how we can transform things like employee engagement into uh, profitability. You know, a lot of people, a lot of leaders don't look at it from that perspective. A lot of leaders Mm. don't look at it that, hey, if we can improve the culture in the organization, we can increase uh, profitability because they just see profitability as an end product. Uh, They don't see the work that goes into it about employees being happy. So how do you pass that message forward to different leaders that you got to work from the inside in order to get that outside goal of profitability to get more customers to want to work with you and support your brand. Mm, that's a great question. Let me please um, just speak to something that you talked about with the world crisis now and the 10% and women's rights and Black Lives Matter and all that's happening in the world. I haven't watched the news or read the paper my entire adult life, Tim. 
And I'm a person who looks at what can I control? As I said at the beginning, yeah. I wake up in the morning, what is good today? Tim, you and I are healthy enough to be on this call. We don't have COVID. Our families are healthy enough for to be us in this webinar. Um, we live in this beautiful, safe country. There, there's so much. If you look, up, wake up in the morning, that is good. When I put my garbage in the garbage can, I'm grateful for a country that picks up garbage. When I open my blinds, I'm grateful for a home. When I feed my adorable little pets, I'm grateful to have money to have sweet little pets. So those kinds of behaviors, Tim, I would highly recommend we filter. I know you're a realtor and you need to know markets and all that, yeah, but let's yeah. filter how much. I took all social media off of my phone and I don't do any of that. We roll over and we, Tim, really? How can we fill the tank and go into the world positive if all we see is all the, there's lots of good too, Tim. And there's people Absolutely. doing beautiful, look what's healthcare is doing for us right now. Okay, so to answer your second question, when, when we, I couldn't agree more. When people say we are having issues with service delivery or culture, as you suggested, I ask my leader friends two things. When they say my staff are not happy or my service, service levels aren't where I want them to be, I say to them, are you happy? Are you happy? How can we expect people to be something we are not? So I go keep recapping this, Tim, but I can't stress the importance enough. We need to show up and show them what it looks like to be rested, nourished, cared for, so we can be that force. Then take that second, the, part two to that is, go to the unhappy people that are in our organization who are not serving customers well, who are not happy in, or providing positive morale, and have a conversation with them, Tim. We tend to let these 10% peoples in our, people in our organizations, they rent a lot of space in our head. They create a lot of morale issues. They, they, they really do can take over the day. But when's the last time we had the courage and vulnerability and authenticity to sit down with somebody unhappy and say, you don't seem as happy as you could be. Is there something that I could be doing as your leader that would help you feel better about coming to work all day? That's an authentic conversation, Tim, that needs to happen more. And we don't do that because a some leaders don't fill their toolboxes full of soft skills tools. Yep. And as leaders, we should be queuing up our phone with podcasts and TED Talks and reading books and going to seminars on how to be a great leader and just keep filling that toolbox full. That's the point. And when people say, oh, I don't like the soft skills stuff. I say, well, that's the point. It's yeah. so easy to teach them how to run the machine. That's the easy part. Then why would you step up to a leadership role if you're not willing to look at what do I need to do to completely develop this human being? And in my experience, Tim, of leading many teams of many sizes over the years, it's never work that makes the unhappiest employee we have unhappy. It's their personal life. And how mm -hmm. much are we willing to do to help them with that and show them what a better way looks like by the way that we are leading our life. Does that answer the question? That answers the question, which then now leads me to kind of a follow-up question. I think a lot, of, a lot of people are worried or scared about asking questions about people's personal lives nowadays, right? Because they don't want to overstep. Uh, as a leader, how do you kind of broach that subject softly uh, so that it doesn't become offensive or anything like that. To, because you are right, most of the issues that make people unhappy is in their personal life. And as a leader, if you want to build somebody up, you have to be able to 
help them in all aspects of their lives, whether it's at work or or personal. You have to help. No, they have to know that you're there for them. So how do you broach that subject so it doesn't become it's none of your business or it doesn't become offensive type of thing? How do you do that? Of course. And there's grievance concerns and all of that. There's a very Mm -hmm. sensitive workplace, Tim. I respect that. But one thing that the biggest word that I say to you in response to that is trust. You need to build a level of trust. And in my book, I have a story I love. It's a a protege goes to the yoga master and says, teach me about trust. And the master says, go into the jungle and bring me the whisker of a lion. And the protege is in the jungle forever trying to convince this lion that he can be trusted. And sometimes, Tim, I've had people on my team, I'm like, oh, we're going to be in the jungle for a really long time. Because people grow up with belief systems, Tim, around what work represents to them in their life and what a leader represents in their life. And I often tell this story when I speak that if you grew up at a dinner table with parents who liked their job, who were 90% people, then as you ate your dinner as a child and you overheard the dinner table conversation of what they thought of their work, and if the people that raised you loved what they did and used words like grateful, blessed, and honored and privileged to serve, then you grew up believing that where you work should make you happier. Why would you stay? But if you grew up with unhappy, depleted, glass half empty, your words, people who complained about how union did it to them and management did it to them and management wasn't to be trusted or management maybe screwed up your father's life, which is why he came home unhappy every day. Then I truly have unpackaged in many years of speaking in books that that affects how we show up as a team member. So then you show up with your own, our teams show up with their own belief systems, their own backstories, their own wounds, their own 10%. And then they don't trust you because maybe they were taught at a dinner table, or maybe the last leader they worked for was not a happy, nourished, grounded human being and trusting them was not good. Or maybe they lived in a marriage that was, they couldn't, they didn't learn trust. And so, so for me as a leader, people don't trust me at all when they, I'm way too happy, Tim. (laughs) And being happy and positive can be a very mistrusting, what's, what's, what's her motive kind of feeling as a leader. So it takes time, Tim, you don't hire somebody, you know, day later, say, what are your personal problems? Far from it. You get really good at knowing yourself. And then you get really, really good at getting curious about why. Why is this person that way? Why is this person late? Why do they show up? Why don't they take care of themselves? Why do they drink 17 coffees a day? And you slowly, curiously from a place of love, again, through a 90% lens, you start to hone your own, hmm, I wonder why feeling. And that's when you can create trust and ask. And you know what I've found, Tim? They tell you. Eventually, when they can trust you, which may take days, months, years, then they will tell you because they know that you care. Thank you. Thank you for your insightful uh, message there. I want to switch gears a little bit. You mentioned that you've been doing this for 28 years. What has your journey been, been like? When you started, what are some of the obstacles that you faced? How did you overcome them? Because, you know, I like to talk in my podcast about uh, the obstacles that business owners and entrepreneurs that face that they overcome it and message for people trying to do their own business or facing obstacles in their business and how they can overcome it. So 
as a seasoned veteran entrepreneur, what are some of the obstacles you faced at the beginning? How did you overcome it? And also during the pandemic, how did you kind of revamp your business to, to stay successful through the pandemic? Okay, great question. So perfect. I'll pick it up from 28 years ago when I bought my business, because of course, I have a huge backstory, grew up in five different families. I, you know, I've had lots of traumas and such, but I'll pick it up 28 years ago. So I'm 52. So when I was 24 years old, I bought a tuxedo rental store, Tim. I became a speaker the same week when my bank manager asked me how, how come I was so happy and I told him the story of this 90% idea. And I also opened my own bridal wedding trade show. So within a week, I had opened three different businesses at 24 years old. The obstacles wow. that I have always overcome, Tim, are too young, too female, and too uneducated. I have no post-secondary. I barely made it through high school, like barely by the skin of my teeth made it through high school. So I have struggled with being told those belief systems and messages my entire career. I was in male-dominated businesses. All of the businesses that I bought, believe it or not, bridal shows, wedding shows, trade shows are often run by men. Imagine me 24 running a tuxedo rental store. It was unheard of, quite frankly, wow. back then. So the obstacles of overcoming being too young, too female, and too uneducated were something that I, the person in the mirror, had to do. If I made it an issue and I showed my insecurities, they made it an issue. And I knew my stuff, Tim. I knew my stuff. I may not be book educated, but I have been mentored by some of the best people in the world. So to overcome a lot of the insecurities I had as being a young woman trying to run these businesses, I sought mentors, Tim. Uh, mentors have changed my life. I don't, I honestly, honestly don't believe I could learn in a textbook what I have learned from people who ask me constantly, what can I teach you today? I sought out the best entrepreneurs in my tuxedo business and learned from them. I went to speakers who I admired and Tim, I have never had anyone say no and just said, can you help me please? Like imagine I'm 24, I'm now doing the thing that people are the most afraid of in their whole life, public speaking. Yeah. How? And I went to other bridal shows. Like I think the ability to say, I am not perfect. I don't know how to do this. What is? What have I complained about three times as being an insecurity or a challenge for me? And what can I do? The person in the mirror to seek some help for that. And I gave up perfection, Tim. I wasn't going to do it perfect. I write books. Sometimes it's a spelling mistake. Okay, mm. but I wrote a book, right? <laughs> so I can't, yeah. we wait for it all to be perfect. Just try it. And I failed many times, Tim. Like I did other trade shows and bridal shows and things that didn't work out, but just try, try. And then the last thing I want to say to entrepreneurs, there's always going to be somebody who doesn't support you. There's going to be somebody who doesn't like you, somebody who critiques you. Imagine, Tim, what it's like to be on social media. And the troll yeah. is a real word, let me tell oh, you. And the trolls yes. and the 30,000 people a year who tell me on evaluation form what they think of me. You mentioned it earlier about the negative people. I just strongly encourage my entrepreneurs to take fiercely good care of yourself. Feed the four-legged and two-legged people that you love in your house and then go feed your business. So often we feed our new business with everything we have. We give this scrap to our family and nothing left for us. That's an old story of lack of self-care. 
I'm, I've called in sick once in my entire career, Tim, and I wow. am not perfect. I make mistakes, but I'm telling you right now, do not let the negative people rent space in your head. The negative naysayers, the customers who don't like you, the one team member who will walk out and tell you you're the worst leader they ever worked for. I love the Gandhi saying that says, don't let people walk through your mind with dirty feet. Mm. They can't win because wow. they'll take down your business. They will, Tim. You know, there's a couple of things that you said there that uh, that kind of resonated with me. I I have this uh, post that that I saw, I think about a month ago. It was Will Smith that posted it. Mm. And he said something, stop letting people who do so little for you control so much of your mind, feelings, and emotions. And, and you know, that's exactly what you were saying about, about the negativity of you know, even social media and everything that's going on so much. People let it take so much of their mind and stop them from doing what they're called to do or what they should be doing. And, and that is so important. Another thing I wanted to point out uh, that you mentioned as well is a lot of times when people, when people ask us who we are, we always go first to what we do, right? And, uh, and you know, like you said, you know, focus, like, you know, feed the two-legged and four-legged people in your family, then feed your, feed your business type of thing. Instead of us saying, hey, you know what? I'm a dad, I'm a husband that happens to be an entrepreneur. We lead with, oh, I'm an entrepreneur, but I'm also a dad and a, and a husband. Right. right. It's as if we're feeding our business first and then everybody else in our lives uh, kind of goes to the wayside. So I, I think what you were saying is, so important that we have to focus on ourselves because when we focus on ourselves we can share a part of us with others because how do we share with others when we haven't truly built yourself up am I getting that right that's so great and doesn't that go back to your authentic word uh, we're authentically who we are so Tim I want to add a few layers to that when I sit on an airplane normally I'm on an airplane every week and the person beside me will say what do you do I always say, it's not weird. Why did you ask me what I do first, right? And I never <laughs> yeah. tell them I'm a motivational speaker. No one wants to sit with me. But there's a few things that I want to say about, that's why my new book, my woman's book is about the roles that we play. So I have a couple of things I want to say about that. You as realtors are encouraged to come up with an elevator line. And I say in my book, as you've probably read, Tim, I think that's the most nauseating thing we could possibly do in our career. I don't have an elevator line about, oh, I'm a woman who makes your life positive. Ugh, how nauseating. And it's not real and authentic. Let's get real. People are so worried about what they look like and what they sound like. Get over it. Just be real and show up. And what my greatest elevator line, Tim, is, ah, I speak, but who cares about me? All I want to do is spend this entire flight learning about you. Yep. And that's it. And when, like, I don't know if this is all for realtors, but as a realtor, I think when I show up at the house, I just want you to say, hey, I'm Tim. All I want to do here is show you this house, but I really want to know about who are you and what, tell me all about you. And I've never asked that question, even to the most extreme introvert. And they don't start with, well, um, I have a cat and I have a, you know, and, and then yeah. Tim become a phenomenal listener phenomenal. Don't ask anybody a question that you are not going to take the time to listen to the response and sit in your car after you've shown them that house and write down everything you just learned. The cat's name. I'm sure you have contact management for this too, yeah. but 
just that ability to be authentic. I am so tired of people putting on this big facade and you know, we get our egos involved. You know what, Tim? If I got my self-esteem from my work, I'd never come home. Why would anybody leave a road life and signing books and standing ovations and a marble bathroom and a taxi and an airplane and then come home and clean up dog poo and make dinner? Why would you ever come <laughs> home? So we compartmentalize what we do and we're super proud of it and we're grateful. And yes, there's 10% people, of course. And then we make sure that we cherish and protect a piece of us because someday I'm done this, Tim. And then what? Then where does the self-esteem come from? That's true. That's true. Yeah, it's got to come from within. You know, the, you know, the other thing that, that I want to ask you as well um, is you mentioned earlier about learning from mentors and uh, surrounding yourself with great mentors. Um, I, I made this comment on, on social media about a couple of weeks ago, and I said that true leaders are always open to help others. And, you know, I got a couple uh, messages from, from different people at the time saying, you know what, I love the message. However, you know, if you're helping everybody else that wants to do what you do, how do you stay, I guess, how do you stay in that realm of being unique? And, you know, I've always been the type of person that, like, if somebody calls me and says, hey, I want to become a realtor or I want to open a business hey, let's sit down, let's go through it. We'll go through the steps. Okay, you wanna open a business? Let's talk about the type of business. Let's go through the steps. This is how I can help you type of thing. Sure. How do you, do you get a lot of people like that when you ask people for help, when you ask people for in, uh, information and, and guidance, do you ever get those leaders per se uh, that say, no, I don't want to help you because mm. you're my competition or something like that. Okay, sure. Great question. Firstly, I wouldn't worry about the 10%, Tim, who commented on your post. There's always going to be 10% people. 90% liked your post. So I would just say, thank you so much. And you know what I've learned? Gabrielle Bernstein is one of my favorite speakers. And you know what she says? Happy people don't post mean things. I'm not saying that's mean. That's res res yeah. reflective. But yeah. she's right. Happy people, if you have time to post that, you have time to do something else that is making you a better True. human. So please don't True. buy into the chime-ins. There's not a day I don't post something that somebody doesn't say, I don't agree with you. Mm, okay, entitled to give your opinion doesn't mean we always wanna hear it. So let's protect and preserve ourselves, Tim, from the people who are entitled, okay? So firstly, in terms of mentorship, I don't mentor everybody. That's your self-awareness piece then. As an entrepreneur, you should be very clear on how much time do I have to, to mentor? And more importantly, why are you? Is this for your ego? Yeah. Why are you doing that then? And I have in my mentorship, I do a lot of mentoring. I mentor young people, young entrepreneurs, young speakers, or I guess because now I'm old, but young, young <laughs> older, but I give them three times. That's it. I have a three times complain rule. I have a three times. I'll give you three times. I'll give you 20 minutes, three times. I'm usually doing folding laundry or cleaning my office or doing something at the same time. I'm fully present hearing what you have to say, but I'll give you 20 minutes. So set some parameters around what time you have, Tim. This doesn't have to be overthought. And more importantly, Tim, when somebody phones me and says, I'd love you to mention me. I want to open my own business. I want to do this. I, you know what I say to them? Why? And you, do me a favor before I, you even, and you may not want me as your mentor because I'm a big, let's get it done kind of gal. 
Yeah. Um, I want to know why you're doing your business because I might not be the right mentor for you. Because if you come back to me and say, because I want to make $10 million like Tony Robbins, then I'm not your best because I just want to be happy. And the most important thing that brings my life confidence is to be a kind, loving, genuine person. So I might not be the right speaker for you. So let's get real, Tim. Like mentor who, it's a two-way situation here. Mentor who makes it. And you imagine how much I learn from these young speakers that are just ripping it up on social media. So sometimes this can be a win-win scenario too. Does that answer that? Oh yeah, absolutely. I I think, uh, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, You know, the why is important. Right. Uh, Understanding the why, because a lot of people get into business without understanding their why and sometimes they they're motivated by the wrong thing um yes yeah they're motivated by the wrong thing so for me it's it's always important to ask him why and what is your motivation behind wanting to do this right um because the fit does matter like the people that i go to as mentors um there are people that i have talked to many times i look up to and i always uh i always value their guiding type of thing. And there are also people that I know that if I if I call them and I say, hey, can you get me information on this? Or can you tell me about this? I know that they would share with me hands down. No, no questions asked type of thing, right? So so I think you're absolutely right about finding out the why, setting parameters, because if you don't, you will burn out, number one. And uh, you might not even be the right person for that person to be to be mentoring that person as well. Absolutely. May I add one more piece? I know we're out of time, Tim, but yeah, I'll just absolutely. add one more piece. I've also mentored dozens and dozens of people who have never thanked me. And I'm fine with that. Like I have lots of self-esteem and confidence and whatever. I don't own other people's anything. But I think it's important too that if you're going to ask somebody to mentor you, that you say thank you to them for their time. It's surprising to me how people weren't raised that they would naturally do that. And that's something I've always been really committed to is I can't believe you just spent an hour with me because you're kind of realtors are like lawyers, like billable hours, right? You spent a whole hour with me, like send a Starbucks card, do something that shows people that you care about them. I don't know. To me, again, I call my book kind leadership. My favorite quote is be the change you want to see in the world, Tim. And I want people to be kinder to themselves. I want people to be kinder to the teams that they lead and I want them to go home and be kinder to their families so that they can teach the people they're eating with. The kindness is the most important thing. I don't care what you make. I don't care how many houses you sold. I want to know, are you happy? And did you pick something that made you happy so that you teach everyone around you that it was a good idea? That's amazing. That's amazing. Before we end our uh, talk today, if uh, any of our audience wants to find you online and find out more about you, where do they find you? Where can they buy your books? Where sure. can Best they what... subscribe to follow you? Mm, sorry to cut you off. Uh, be- just DarcyLang.com. I'm D-A-R-C-I-L-A-N-G.com. And you can find me. That's my handle on everything. I don't do Twitter because it doesn't suit my life. So I am on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And again, books are available on my website. Probably your best bet. Amazon. You can find me on Amazon too. Perfect. Once again, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm sure that my audience will have so much to learn from you and so much to take away from our conversation today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Tim. Grateful to be here. Really appreciate you asking me. Take care of you. Stay safe. You as well. Thank you.